Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. gentlemen. This is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. I'm noticing how Brother Kevin is saying it's so cold in Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas, kind of suffering with the cold weather out there, but we all have to suffer for something. And I've got somebody behind me right now with a blower going on at the exact moment we're starting the program. So uh, we'll contend with that. And that's not a really big deal with a lot of other things that are going on in the world today. A lot of people are genuinely suffering Uh, Some pretty terrible stuff. Uh, Just read an article that uh, there was a beach and a big killer shark was people were witnessing the shark eating someone's body, uh, a swimmer. So uh, whether or not I get into that article or not doesn't matter. But I do want to start today's broadcast with some scripture. And I want to look in the Gospel of John. And I want to look into chapter 19. John chapter 19 is going to pretty much set the course for what we're going to be talking about today. And I want to begin in verse 18. John chapter 19, verse 18. Where they crucified Jesus and two others with him on either side, one in Jesus in the midst. So this part of the gospel is talking about how Jesus was hung on the cross and there was one on his left and one on his right. And there was a writing, it says, and Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. 
of Jerusalem, that is. And it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. So those were the three major languages in the day of Yeshua when he was crucified. Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Then said the chief priest of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Now now catch this. You ready? Catch this. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts, to every soldier a part, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, which means it was a very expensive coat, a shawl, a covering. It was woven from the top throughout. They said, therefore, among themselves, now these are the Roman soldiers, are saying among themselves, let us not rend it, let's not rip this beautiful, expensive coat, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, they parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture did they cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Did you catch that? So, why would God take such a detail of such a, an event? I guess it's not small. Everything dealing with the Messiah, with God, is, is huge. But why do you think of all the things that were done by Jesus and all the scriptures that are written about him, why does he go and make this point that they, these soldiers parted his clothes, each one four parts, but when it came to that coat, they rolled dice for it. They, you know, they made lots for it. Why was that important? Because here's the key. That the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, they parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture did they cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Notice, the soldiers did what the scriptures said they would do. Now, that is huge in what is going on in the world today for our understanding, for our uh, perception of the things that are happening. When we consider all the different things that are happening in the world, we have to begin to understand that this isn't the only time something like this is written. In fact, in the Gospel of John, it's written again and again and again that the scriptures might be fulfilled. The reason why this, the Roman soldiers didn't tear that coat, but they gave lots for it, was because the scriptures said that's the way it's going to be. And when we talk about the end times, when we talk about the last days, we have to understand everything that is happening that is because the scriptures have to be fulfilled. So we don't look at the events of the world as though God is surprised by them. We shouldn't be surprised by them. All we have to do is find them in scripture and realize this is what Jesus did. So in other words, when Jesus said kingdom would rise against kingdom and nation against nation, and there would be wars and famines and uh, persecutions, and all he was saying was the truth, and everything in the world is just doing what he said they would do. The world is exactly doing, just like those Roman soldiers, they were doing what the scripture said to do. So... When we come to these last days, the scriptures haven't been exhausted. 
they're everything concerning the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ that was written aforetime in the scriptures known as the Old Testament, going all the way back from Genesis to the book of Malachi, and even into the Gospels, because the New Testament hadn't really begun, uh, was fulfilled concerning Jesus. But there are many things in Scripture that have not yet been fulfilled, even in the New Covenant Scriptures, that must yet be fulfilled. You and I are living at a time where Scripture is being fulfilled by the things that we see going on in the world. And the world and the world's rulers and the uh, you know, all of that that's going on with the global elites and all the manipulation and deception and lies and trickery and one world governments and persecution, all of it's been written. Therefore, they have to do it. In other words, God's word is actually leading them to do what he said they would do. It's not them doing it independently of themselves. Antichrist people like Adolf Hitler and all these other ones that have come and gone, that was because Scripture was being fulfilled. Will there be an ultimate Antichrist? Absolutely. But it will be because Scripture must be fulfilled. Will there be a great tribulation that has never been before and will never be again? Absolutely. Because the Scripture must be fulfilled. Will there be many uh, events that will begin the sorrows upon the nations of the earth? Absolutely because the scripture must be fulfilled. So will there be all these things? And so we're going to look at them, and and the answer is yes. And if you and I, as born-again, spirit-filled sons and daughters of Almighty God, through his Son, Jesus Christ, because of our faith and belief and honoring and obeying him, has led us into relationship with the Father, can we sit back and look at the world and trust that everything is working out exactly the way that God said it would. You know, when the disciples were witnessing Jesus Christ on the cross dying, they probably perceived it as one event because they had forgotten what Jesus had been telling them for three and a half years, that this was going to happen. And not until it dawned on them and they were reminded of what was really happening did they ever have confidence uh, to move forward in the purposes of God. So my purpose today is to go through a, a tremendous amount of information and look at a lot of different things and to bring you and I to an understanding. It's all been written. The only thing that really matters is what side of the day are you on? The gray zone is getting wiped out. There will be no middle ground. You cannot have one foot in and one foot out. You cannot be thinking one way one day and another way, another way the next day. It's all in or all out. And you're either in the day of light or you're in the day of darkness. And the only thing that matters to you and I is what side of the day are we on? And I'm referring to the prophet Isaiah, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Behold, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory will be seen in you is the reality of that verse. So Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 that the present sufferings are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. And that glory is the hope that we have Christ in us, fully manifested, fully developed, fully cultivated, the divine nature, the authority of Christ, the character of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit, 
fully manifesting in the life of sons of God, men and women, all over the world. And so, Scripture must be fulfilled. And that's what we're going to talk about today, and how the events that are going on in the world today, like in Canada, for example, let's start there. In Canada, we have people that have gathered together, namely the truckers, and then the people that are supporting the truckers, and they went out and they took a stand against forced mandates, okay? Vaccinations, testings, wearing masks, social distancing. The truckers finally got to a point in Canada and said, you know what, enough is enough. We're going to take this to the next level. We're going to protest. We're going to shut down. We're not going to do our jobs. We're not going to get you your stuff. And we're going to invite the Canadians to come and stand with us. And they did. Now, what is the, the outcome of that at this point? Well, let me read to you a little article of what's going on in Canada right now. And so I'm pretty sure this is the article I want to get into. So let me get to a few of these. So here's what's happening in Canada. Let me start with this one here. Uh, this is a very interesting article about Canadian bank runs appear to be underway as the Trudeau regime declares war on its citizens, okay? So thanks to the tyrannical actions of Christia Freeland, a Davos group devotee, and you know Davos, Switzerland, the global elite, they gather together. So a Davos group devotee and the deputy prime minister of Canada, the people of Canada are now rapidly withdrawing their funds from Canada's largest banks. Two days ago, Freeland announced that Canada's financial terrorism laws would be expanded to seize all funds, bank accounts, crypto, crowdfunding hubs, etc., belonging to individuals who supported the peaceful convoy trucker protest. Now, get that. So this woman, this Christia Freeland, has made a terrorist, uh, something on their books, uh, terrorist fund account or whatever, anybody that supported the convoy of the peaceful protests of the Canadian truckers is now deemed a terrorist, uh, an insurrectionist, a mob, kind of like on January 6th. So what are they doing? Well, they're threatening the finances in the banks. So the people are running and they're doing a, there's a bank run. They're pulling their money out. And we're already hearing stories on One America News, for example, just told the story of somebody that went to their bank to make a withdrawal. They couldn't do it. They wanted to transfer their funds. They couldn't do it. They finally went to their bank. The bank said, you've been flagged because you were part of this protest, meaning they showed up and waved a flag. That was it. Now, and just like that, Christia Freeland broke the social contract between bank retail customers and the banks themselves. In one fell swoop, Freeland red-pilled the entire nation into understanding that their money isn't safe in any bank in Canada since the government can now seize all your private funds without due process, evidence, or any rule of law. This is what their Emergency Act is all about. It's like martial law. So they now have power over people's money. And if you were showing up at the protest, your money is threatened, so people are taking a run. Well, making good on the threat, not only have private bank accounts been seized by the Canadian government regime, it's already happening, Trudeau has ordered crypto exchanges to seize the funds of the wallets now named by the government itself. So uh, this is also the over $10 million that was in the GoFundMe page. 
Uh, those people that gave into that account, they've seized it. They don't have it. It's not useful anymore. So what is this? What is going on in Canada? Someone said it wasn't just for Canada. It was a global world war that was taking place. And that battle up there is what's going to kind of move around the planet. So what is happening right now? And then we're going to get into scripture to kind of describe this. So if you can imagine right now, um, if you are an American citizen and you went to January 6th, and if they ever declared martial law, that if they ever saw that you were there, they would take advantage of your bank accounts, whatever you have in it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's why our mind as Christians has to be kingdom-minded, okay? And our trust has to be in the Lord, not in money. Money is not our God. It is a wonderful tool to do a lot of great stuff, but it is not something we set our hearts upon. The early Christians in the book of Hebrews, they rejoiced that they were able to suffer having everything taken away from them. That's in Hebrews chapter 10. Maybe we can get to that later. But it's all perspective, right? Well, here's what's ready to happen right now. Today, by the way, is, you got it, today is February 18th, and here is the next article. American truckers prepare to drive from California to D.C., and it's called the People's Convoy. Now, the the title ahead of that was um, that it's taking shape, all right? This is... Uh, the, the, this convoy that everybody's been talking about is now taking shape. Here's the article. California truckers fed up with the federal government's endless emergency powers mandating masks and vaccines are gearing up for what they hope will become a Canadian-style freedom convoy to Washington, D.C., and are set to roll on Interstate 40 heading east from Barstow on February 23rd. So I know exactly where Barstow, California is. And uh, they're going to start in Barstow, Interstate 40, which is going to bring them through Flagstaff, Arizona. It's going to bring them kind of south. And then they're going to start heading east. And they're going to get into New Mexico. And then they're going to go through Texas, uh, Amarillo area. They'll be passing through Little Rock. They'll be going through Oklahoma, then Little Rock. And they'll be continue to make their way east all the way to Washington, D.C. It's going to be quite a convoy. Now, a national group called the People's Convoy is organizing the truckers who will hit the road for the nation's capital city to demand the Emergency Powers Act be lifted, ending the mandates, according to Chris Marston, chairman of the American Foundation for Civil Liberties, a nonprofit that advocates for civil liberties issues and is helping coordinate the truckers' protests. All right, so here we have it. They want to put an end to mandates. Now, while the Canadian, and listen carefully, because I want to get back into the 2022 prophecy that we're in right now, that God gave us a word on December 11th, 2021, and we're in it right now, and it was all about the new mandates that would be coming, that there would be a problem from January to April, and uh, within the context of this Uh, vaccination, forced vaccination, mandate thing. Uh, We're seeing all different things on the board, if you will, but they're now putting in new mandates, which was part of the word. While we're resisting the older mandates, new mandates are coming, new laws are coming, new enforcements are taking place, and that's what you're seeing in Canada. Now, the article continues on. Though previous news reports stated the convoy wouldn't depart California until March 7th, organizers now say the convoy will leave earlier than planned, 
Freedom can't wait, Marston told the Epoch Times. So the group said it is calling on the American people to join the call to freedom in the spirit of our brave and courageous neighbors to the north, our Canadian brothers and sisters who led the charge. The Freedom Convoy in Canada has captured international attention the last handful of weeks as hundreds of truckers have parked in protest outside Parliament in Ottawa, the nation's capital, demanding Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's resignation and an end to mask and vaccine mandates. So a map of the convoy's expected route will be posted to the group's website. Maureen Steele, a, the People's Convoy organize, organizer, said on February 16th, two days ago, on War Room, which is a streaming political talk show and podcast hosted by former Donald Trump advisor Steve Bannon. So this is all happening on the War Room podcast with Steve Bannon. This is where the information is coming out. Now, to ensure donations for the truckers won't be frozen or routed to other causes, a problem the Canadian truckers encountered with the crowdsourcing platform GoFundMe, the People's Convoy, is taking donations directly on their website. So Peter Navarro, Trump's former economic advisor and a regular on Bannon's show, praised Canadian truckers for leading the charge against what he called government tyranny. They, this is a quote now, they are like the Boston Tea Party. They're the fountainhead of a worldwide movement, which is basically on the right side of both science and economics, and we have to thank those Canadian truckers, Navarro said. So Dr. Robert Malone, a virologist, immunologist, and inventor of mRNA vaccines, who has been an outspoken critic of the federal government's handling of pandemic and mandates, also suggested on the show that Washington may soon see a new kind of woke that supporters have called an awakening. Here's his quote. So this is, again, Robert Malone said, I think that the truckers, when they hit the Capitol, may well wake up a large number of our representatives and senators that are kind of a little bit asleep right now, Malone said. So Joshua Yoder of the U.S. Freedom Flyers, a recently formed group of American air, rail, and trucking professionals who believe in the right to travel freely, regardless of one's vaccination status, also appeared on the show to subconvoy. Here's what they said. These are Americans who want their voices to be heard. We've been shut out for so long, Yoder said. There's a lot of average people coming together, uniting. This is people speaking out and voicing their frustrations, and I think the government would do well to listen to us, it's been far too long. So Leigh Dundas, a civil rights attorney based in Orange County and known for her fight against vaccine passports in that county, told the Epoch Times she has been working to unite truckers. Here's what she said. I've been, I've been keeping the communication channels open between groups, acting as a de facto clearinghouse between different truckers who wanted to get connected and do something similar, but also different from what Canada did, Dundas told the Epoch Times on February 15th. So Dundas said she is urging American truckers to keep the U.S. convoy lawful 
and peaceful like their northern neighbors and to organize in such a way to keep out any infiltrators who could potentially undermine their goal. They've done a lot of things right in Canada, and we should be taking their lead, she said. For those involved, they said they hope the planned American convoy will be a turning point. This is the quote. For me personally, it's about our freedoms as Americans. Trucker Mike Landis said on a video posted on the People's Convoy website, this isn't just about us as truck drivers or a certain group of people or anything. It's about Americans. This is for the people. So Greg Abdausch, who heads up a grassroots group opposed to mask mandates for school children in Southern California's Inland Empire, which includes part of San Bernardino and Riverside counties, said in an interview with the Epoch Times that he's in full support and thinks other groups like his will be too. Though he said he commands or commends the Canadian truckers, he predicts it will be small potatoes compared to what could happen in the United States. I feel like this is the moment in time where we're actually making history, he said. I think you're going to have soccer moms getting in their cars, slapping a flag on the back, and driving behind this convoy, he said. And then the article continues on. Uh, well, that's actually it. That is the article. And I happen to agree. Um, is this a turning point in the history of the world? Uh, will the Americans gather together and support a convoy of truckers that are saying to the federal government, you're not going to control any longer? Now, does the global government want this kind of a war so that they can implement their authoritarian control and power uh, to subdue the people of the nations? Will this be the battle of uh, Little Bighorn? Will this be the battle? Will this be the stand? Will this be the Alamo? You know, everybody wants to know what, you know, what is this moment all about? Will most Americans ignore what's going on or will it gain speed? And will the 80 million people that voted for Donald J. Trump, for example, get behind this convoy who love their freedom, who are Americans that are not globalists and they are nationalists and they love their republic and they love their country and they grew up in this country with its liberties and freedoms? Are they going to gather together, gain steam? And if the federal government would dare make a move against them, would they, as armed citizens of the United States, retaliate in turn? Well, we don't know what kind of weapons would be employed. We know that Justin Trudeau said rubber bullets, sound-breaking, eardrum-breaking sound machines, um, and, and uh, other ta uh, weapons that they would employ. What are we moving into? Will it just peter out? Will the people submit? Will they hope it just goes away? Or is this protest that started in Canada, um, actually flowing down now into our nation. And I know in other nations, the same protests are happening all over the world. This is not in me. So what is it that we're witnessing? Before we get into the conversation as to whether or not people should join the convoy, should the convoy happen, it is a First Amendment right of the American people to peacefully protest uh, any kind of tyrannical government. In fact, the Declaration of Indip talks about a people that have a duty and obligation to unshackle themselves when insane politicians want to take over. You know, there's three things in my mind I want to talk about right now. I, I always remember King David before he was a king. He had such a tender heart. He was out in the, in the fields with the, with the sheep as a shepherd, you know, taking down bears and lions, right? 
Uh, he loved the Lord. He wrote many of his psalms when he was in the wilderness. I mean, this young man was a lover of Yahweh. He loved the Lord. And uh, then the time came that God promoted him into politics, brought him to be a king. Very interesting. And it was there that so much of topsy-turvy lifestyle living and all kinds of crazy things happened in his administration. But David, in his best years, subdued nations around him, and he brought Israel to a place of peace and rest like Solomon continued. But his personal life was really messed up. You know that. But I was thinking about how sometimes getting involved gets messy. You know, it's messy when you get involved in things. You know, the, the early days of our country, getting involved in a revolution, pastors who left the pulpit and took up arms and went and fought uh, to support their liberties and freedoms, it got messy. People died, people suffered, but a revolutionary war was fought, and we've had our, Ameri- our freedoms here in this country for a long time. So uh, that's one thing on my mind. What is the other, the idea of what is going on right now, the protests that are happening around the world, uh, people that are taking a side, they are fulfilling scripture. It is being done according to the word of God. Jesus said that in the last days, at the end of the world as they knew it, right before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, that nation would rise against nation within a nation, making it more of a revolutionary civil war, and that there would be kingdoms rising against kingdoms. Here we can see China and Russia rising against the U.S. and all these other nations and island nations involved. So it's going to happen. It has to happen. Why? Because it's written. It's scripture. Just like those Roman soldiers who cast lots for the coat because the scripture said that they would. And they did it because the scripture said it would. This cannot be toned down. This will not be tamed. Um, There will be a subduing. There will be a ultimate victory of the Antichrist forces on planet Earth. We do know that. But this nation rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom, uh, wars and rumors of wars, that's not just global world wars with bigger nations. There are There are over 75, and it's probably much more than that, wars going on. They're not just physical guns and bullets, tanks and planes. Uh, There are political wars. There are, uh, you know, we know a spiritual battle has been raging since the beginning of time. But wars are going on everywhere, all over the world. And now we're just moving into a further acceleration, a deeper intensification of the wars that are happening. But I want you to know as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a believer in God Almighty, understand it. Now you say, well, what's my part in it? As an American citizen, when I see Americans, truckers, 80 million citizens that showed up at Donald Trump's rally on January 6th, anybody that was there knew it was the most peaceful rally. They exploited what happened at the Capitol building. But the 80 million people uh, were at peace. It really was. Um, more peaceful than the years ahead of it when they were burning buildings, destroying cars, killing people, hurting people uh, with their violent tactics. Uh, What happened in Washington, D.C. was nobody from the one side shot and killed anybody. Some windows were broken at the Capitol, but throughout the city, no fires burning, nothing. It was a peaceful protest. And yet those people that showed up to support their president – who was still the president of the United States at that time, transfer of power had not yet happened. 
were they supposed to be there or not? Were they supposed to be there? That's the question. Are people supposed to be a part of a convoy going from Barstow to Washington, D.C.? And should those same 80 million Americans get behind this rally, not just a million this time, but to bring out all the forces, to bring out tens of millions, and to say to this government that has been so demonically inspired, so vicious, so deceptive, so tyrannical in their ways against the American people to declare war upon American citizens because they didn't cooperate with their agenda, should 80 million Americans gather together? Should 50 million, 20 million, 10 million get involved, take to the highways and go? I want to hear from you today before I give you my thoughts about it. If it's a a peaceful protest and it's about supporting a government that was supposedly developed by our founding fathers, is this the time to go or not? And the only way to answer that question is to hear you, the people, to hear your thoughts, to hear what you, as a Christian, would have to say about such an event. And I would like to open the telephone lines right now and give opportunity to your voice. And that number is 818-369-0326. I'll put it on the board for anybody that would like to see it in the chat room. And I'll just get it up there and what you have to do. So there's the number on the screen 818-369-0326. Today is February 18th. That gives it five days from now. This convoy will commence, according to their website, on February 23rd in Barstow, California. And as it leaves out of Barstow, what will happen? Will there be resistance? Will it flow? Will people gather to it or will people run away from it? What should people do? Everybody has an opinion The only thing we want to know is the truth. What is the truth? Would God call conservative Christians, radical Christians to participate or no? Kingdom-minded Christians, uh, Christians who believe in the kingdom, but they also believe they're to be salt and light on this earth, uh, that they're to impact this earth. They are to be involved like David was brought to be a king. Now, we have a king. His name is Jesus, and he's already seated at the right hand of God in heaven, but his armies are upon this earth and in the heavens, and we're here as members of his body. How would he direct us? How would the mind of Christ direct believers today? Did the mind of Christ direct believers during the revolution? Did the mind of Christ direct believers during the Civil War? Did the mind of Christ direct believers during World War I and World War II particularly? Where is the mind of Christ in this matter? Because to be an American, to be a citizen of the United States of America, to have a constitution, to have a declaration of independence, if that is part of your constitution in your life, then you have every responsibility to stand and to get involved to some degree in doing something. I want to hear from you. Again, the number to call, 818-369-0326. You need to press 1 on your dial pad, and I will bring you right into the broadcast. Now, yesterday was phenomenal because I didn't have to do this alone. I had my friends with me. I had Brian and Kathy. I had Brother Don. I had Pastor Jeff. And we all kind of did what uh, we do. 
and today I'm kind of running solo, but now it's time for the voice of you and to hear your intelligent conversation, to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you. And, you know, I titled today's message, Babylon's Confusion Hits the Earth. Everywhere we go, every time, everything we're hearing and discerning by the Spirit, there is so much confusion. And it's almost like a, a, a laser beam from space came down and struck the earth and it spread out all over the world. And it was a laser beam of confusion to put everybody into chaos, to put everybody in, you know, babble. This is the answer. This is the answer. Confusion, deception. People really don't know what to do. And yet we do hear in Zephaniah 3.9 that God is going to turn to the people again a pure language or a language, a bright language that will clarify. We need that today. And I just wonder if there's a voice of many waters. I wonder if there's a voice in the ecclesia that's tuning into this broadcast right now that could come together in like-mindedness and one voice and one heart and say, this is what we are supposed to be doing as Christians, as believers. Now, some Christians may feel involved. Other Christians may not feel involved. Does that mean there's a diversity or does it mean that there's division? Uh, diversity is different than division. Division is a separation. Diversion, uh, diversity is every different member doing its part as it feels led by the Spirit of God to do. Now, if somebody comes up in the body of Christ and says, no Christian should ever be a part of that convoy, well, they could bring division by the way they said that. Somebody that's preaching more diversity in the body of Christ, every member functioning as it wills, will give place to everyone doing what they believe the Spirit of God is calling them to do. And you don't need division when there's a, an acceptance of diversity of the members of the body of Christ. So I want to get into this. I want to open the lines, 818-369-0326. And I want to hear from you, the body of Christ. And we are going to begin right now ta-da, to our dear friends way north of us in South Dakota, uh, Ken and Kathy Bruns. Good morning, Ken and Kathy. Welcome to the broadcast. What are your thoughts today? Oh, yes. Good morning. Yes, we were <clears throat> involved in a meeting the other night at the Cowboy Church and uh, the gathering of people that were there, and that particular subject came up about the convoy of truckers that are going to head for Washington, D.C. And right now, there are people in the South Dakota area, they are forming, a group is forming so that when the truckers come through, there's a certain place they're going to meet before they go on to Washington. And uh, they're giving them a, like uh, care pair packages so that they could have whatever is necessary to keep, to keep uh, a vigil going once they get to their destination. And so uh, I believe that if, uh, if uh, the people that want to keep this, uh, their constitutional rights and also if they want freedom, they need to stand up now. Okay, so that's your call. Now, in Canada, the people that stood up, it started out pretty good, but then the government now is flexing its muscles. It's posturing itself to be, you know, uh, we're no longer a servant. We are a... Uh, you know, an oligarchy of elite, elites, but they do think they're serving the people that are not protesting. So it's very unusual. 
but the people that did protest are now suffering. They got to get their money out of the banks. They may get hit with rubber bullets. They might have ear piercing machines hitting their heads. Uh, there may be tear gas involved. That's what they said they would employ and other weapons. So if people do stand up, should they be prepared to encounter some kind of resistance from the federal government right here in the United States of America? Absolutely. This is the beginning of the persecution that is coming, uh, not only on people that want their rights, but it will come down in the end to if they're going to be. You're either going to serve the Antichrist or you are going to serve Jesus Christ. And it's already started, and that's where it's going. I. All right. Well, I thank you for your uh, speaking into this, and we're going to take that into account. We're going to continue to listen to others that have something to say right now. Thank you. We're going to go to area code 323, it looks like, on the air. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Well, thanks. My name is Joe. I came here because you guys were talking about the convoy. What's amazing to me is that I had, um, I had, a, I had talked to a trucker about two, three days ago. A nice driver of a nice 18-wheeler here in America. And do you know he knew nothing about the convoy? At least that's what he said. So somehow, yeah, I mean, people like, I'm a libertarian, so I don't really watch the mainstream uh, news because it's all crap. But you would think most people would watch the mainstream news, and I would have thought that he would. But he said he knew nothing about it. Now, he could have been saying that to me just to keep his cards uh, tight to the vest, you know, which would be a good idea <laughs> because of what yeah. the government's planning to do. But I'm hoping that uh, that's the case because um, if he really doesn't know anything about it, I'm uh, hoping there's a good reason because this convoy is really a milestone in America's history. We are witnessing something which is gigantic. And I'm, I'm glad it's happening in Canada. It could have happened here, but it doesn't matter which country, as long as the people do stand up. But you and the, and the last caller were talking about um, pushback. It's already been announced that in Canada, the federal government is going to take away the, the protesters' um, bank accounts. Um, what else? Oh, they're ready to take away the fuel. They said, oh, but they also said they're children, too. So they'll be sicking the um, the Canadian government on the um, on the parents or probably being bad parents. They're going to use all the arrows in their quiver. To me, it's you know, amazing, but it's yeah. Well, that's very interesting, Joe, because you know if they're claiming the terrorist act in the economic realm, you know they're going to freeze people's finances because they're deemed terrorists now. Then that would also mm -hmm. justify their parents being terrorists you can't have your children under a terrorist uh you know family order so yeah that's kind of scary hadn't heard that one before sure they're going to use any type of slippery soap they uh, slope that they can get their hands on this is very dangerous to them first off uh, the mainstream media has been lying about the so-called violence that's been going on up there from what i understand from videos that other people have taken there is no violence and i'm hoping that it stays that way would really be a momentous event would be if the cops, like they did in France about two or three months ago, if the cops started joining the protesters or refusing to arrest them, then we would know that we would have won. It would be a humongous turning point 
And you know how many people would rise up and clap and laugh and be joyous if the cops did that and join them in case the cops got uh, repercussions? It would be yep, amazing. Yep. It certainly would be amazing. And the way the police were were treated back in 2020, 2021, uh, maybe this would be a good exit Babylon uh, moment. Hey, Joe, I want to ask you a question. I don't know if you are a believer, you have faith in Jesus Christ or not, but what are your thoughts about Christians in this country um, at this point? You know, should they be involved? Should they not be involved? What are your thoughts? I think everybody to their, to the best of their ability should be involved. Um, I'm an atheist agnostic, um, but I love Christian values. What bothers me is that there are a lot of Christians who don't practice Christian, <laughs> Christian values. True. So, um, but Christians, Jews, Muslims, everybody should get involved because this is our freedom at stake. If, if the uh, truckers fail, that could send a very dangerous sign to the rest of America that whoever else wants to stand up could fail as well. I mean, we're all familiar with what BLM got away with and Antifa, but why did you ask me about the Christians? I would have thought that you, being a Christian, would, would naturally believe that all Christians should rise up at this Babylon moment and go against the Antichrist and say, no more. We are taking back our country and our faith. Yeah, because quite frankly, Joe, in the Christian camp, there's a major division over this issue. And I'm going to share my thoughts at the end of the broadcast. But I want to hear from people what their thoughts are. And um, I think you've, ex- you've exposed a lot of great stuff. You've said some really important things. Um, and the big question is, I mean, you just brought up a point. If this goes forward and it fails and the government exercises that kind of political power over people's lives where they've taken their children, their money, uh, and begin the yep. harassment, there's a prophetic word that uh, demonization will begin to take place against the people that did stand up and protest. And that demonization will become kind of like dehumanization, which happened in Nazi Germany. They demonized the Jews, then dehumanized them and put them into these camps. So um, this is a very critical moment, and uh, you brought up some excellent points. Well, you're absolutely right there, because this is a pivotal moment, because the quarantine camps have already been um, publicized as being ready for those who don't want to get vaccinated. Uh, now, they're not, uh, they're not forming these camps just for the hell of it. They're doing so in preparation for the people who, you know, who do have the courage to say no more. But... You know, what's, uh, because of what we're going through now, it's kind of now easy to take a look back at what was going on in 1939 Germany when we asked how could the Germans allow the Jews and the Poles and the union workers to suffer like they did? How could the Germans stand for it? Well, we're going through it now, and apparently we're Australians in particular, but Americans we're, we're standing for it. And my, my quick answer is, I'm sure you're aware of the, um, the bromide of the boiling frog, and that's what's happening to us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Joe, thank you for your comments, man. Absolutely amazing. Uh, really sure. appreciate you calling into the broadcast and speaking into us. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, All right. man. Take care. And, um... I was going to say you, thanks, Joe. too. <laughs> yeah, well, you're welcome. And th- hey, where are you calling in from? You seem to have a New York accent, maybe? Montana. 
Montana. That's close enough. <laughs> yeah, right, oh, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Real close. <laughs> Take yeah. it easy. <laughs> Stay the course, man. Thanks for calling. All right, that's Joe. We're waiting for your call right now, 818-369-0326. Uh, the voice of many waters. We're seeking the wisdom of God. So get on the phone. Press 1 on your dial pad, 818-369-0326. And what we're seeking to do is to get people's information, their, their, what they believe, and we want to work through it. We want to walk through it with them. So if you can, please call into that number, 818-369-0326. Take another call coming in in area code 605. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. My comment is as far as we have the uh, primary coming up for the vote in in, uh, June, and people need to get out and vote as far as uh, where they stand, as far as um, if they want the politician that's in there to stay, if they want the politician to be removed and someone else to give it a shot. Because, I mean, a lot of the politicians that are in Washington right now are not doing the job for the people. Yeah, amen to that. So uh, your thoughts about the convoy then? Should people get involved or no? I feel that as far as the convoy is good, as long as violence does not go with it. Because that violence would actually open a door to the primaries where they would spin it through their propaganda um, to, you know, to demonize uh, the protesters to such a large degree um, that they would use that as a political tool to further their own agenda for control and to take positions of power throughout the nation. I would imagine. Is that what you're saying? Uh, that's what I'm saying. Also, my feelings are as far as the news media has such a big effect as far as what goes on with that. Because there can be a, a small part or a small group that may be going in the wrong direction, but the news media makes a big story out of it. Well, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's the propaganda. That's the, the great tool of propaganda. Uh, they could... Um, magnify anything and um that's kind of what we're up against all right so we thank you for your comment we thank you that people should get out and vote you're saying for these midterms and you're saying that the convoy should go forward as as long as it's not violent because there could be some repercussions and we could be finding ourselves right in the midst of a massive civil war right here in the united states which has been somewhat prophesied in years prior thank you for your call we know that that we we know that God is in control, but man still has a free will, and they, pardon me, and they seem to be doing a lot of things um, strictly for their own benefit, not for the people's benefit. Exactly. All right. Very good. Free will. There's no doubt about it. And in that, in the context of free will, people just kind of do what God foreknew that they would do. Isn't that amazing? God is amazing. All right, brother, thank you for your calls. We appreciate you always. God bless the elders in the body of Christ. Let's take our next call coming in from area code 916 and say good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning, Pastor Vincent. Good morning. How are you, sir? I am doing well. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. We miss you here. Well, I heard it's 12 degrees there, so I'd like to say I miss you guys too, 
I do. That weather is cold. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Very good. Well, I do have a couple of comments on what has been discussed this morning. So here goes. My personal take on just how deeply involved Christians should become in the protests that are going around, for example, the convoys. I I feel pretty strongly that the power of prayer, especially corporate prayer, is a lot more powerful than the influence and the effect that a single individual or a group of individuals could cause in person. Meaning that just for my, what goes on in my spirit, what goes on in my heart as a believer, I don't think it is just really all that productive to show up in person at a convoy or at a protest when the more powerful route to take would be to be in conscious prayer and supplication to the Lord God that the Lord's will would be done in these matters. Uh, Scripture, especially end-time prophecy, as seen in the book of Revelation, and also in the book of Matthew, where Jesus spoke repeatedly about what is going to be happening in the end times. There will be wars, there will be rumors of wars, there will be um, people, brother turning against brother, family members turning against family members. In the light of this prediction and knowledge by Jesus himself, in the words of Jesus, I just don't think it's very effective to make a physical showing at an event, a protest event or a convoy or a political gathering. I think that prayer, focused, intentional prayer, is probably more effective. That's just my opinion on that. As regards, there's another aspect of physically showing up, you know, leaving town to go to a protest. In these days, the times that we are living in, which clearly are the end times, I think it is a better course of action for a Christian man to make provisions for his family in preparation for end times. Preparing one's ark doing what is necessary to get one's family prepared, both spiritually and physically, for what's coming down the pike. I think that takes precedence over concern for political matters. And when I say political, I mean relative to the things that are happening today and that are being reported by the news media. I really think that political gatherings and political concerns take a back seat to the concerns that were laid out for us by Jesus himself in scripture where he told us to make ourselves ready and told us to prepare our ark and told us and warned us, gave us plenty of clear warning about what was going to be happening. So that's that's just my take on it, brother, pastor, friend. I really do think it's more important for members of a local ecclesia to provide for and safeguard and prepare the members of their, you know, their other members of their ecclesia to be prepared for the coming events. I think it requires focused effort by members of a particular ecclesia body to help each other to prepare 
rather than leave town to go participate in a protest. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Thank you very much. Well said. We appreciate that. We're going to put that into the mix of our thinking, and we're going to come up with the truth. Thank you for sharing. God bless your heart. All right, let's take our next call coming in, 479-321. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. What are your thoughts? Hello, 479-321. You're on the air. You're about 30 seconds behind in the in the lag. Hello, 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 479-321. Okay, so if you're calling in, you have to turn the radio off, and I'll catch you on real speed, okay? So let's move forward here. Uh, we're not getting any information on that number. We're waiting for your call. And you can see right now, I, I hope you're being stirred by not just opinions, by leadings, by promptings of the Holy Spirit, um, because this conversation is rather important. Because five days from now, people are going to start making decisions. They're going to start making choices. And what we want is to be led by the Holy Spirit. And we have um, the difference between division in the body of Christ and diversity in the body of Christ. Is there one clear message from the Holy Spirit to all believers in the United States of America at a time like this? Is the Holy Spirit saying to all believers, is the Holy Spirit saying all believers get involved, don't get involved? Or is there a distribution of different parts of the body that will be moved and led by the Spirit in different directions to do different things? Um, Knowing that, knowing that everything that is happening and is going to happen is because the scriptures said they would. Nation will rise against nation. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Kingdom will rise against kingdom. Men's hearts will fail them for fear of what they see coming upon this earth. I mean, the nations, will, the, the seas roaring, the waves and the seas roaring. Um, there's a lot that's going to happen because the scriptures said they're going to happen. I mean, obviously, as Christians, the most important thing that is in our heart and in our mind about times like this is to be prepared. Let's take a call coming in, area code 479-659. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Thank you, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good. Good. Um, so I'm, I, I'm torn about this because I first of all believe if the Holy Spirit is leading you to do this, you better do it. <laughs> you better, you better do what you feel convinced of in, in your heart. And I do think that's the case. I'm, I'm kind of concerned with the, with the whole concept because I don't feel like there is a, a direction except for simply resistance. And I feel like when they started this nation, there was a vision. And it was, you know, whether I'm right or wrong, was it was to start a moral government that we self-govern, where we're not governed by a, a guy that claims he was put there by God and he could pretty much do whatever he wanted. I, I think there was a moral beginning to this nation, and there was a vision, and it, it was well-articulated. It was well-debated. What we've got now, 
I feel like is a is a very um, not calculated, ill prepared reaction. Now that's partly our fault, I believe, because we've we've turned a blind eye to this government that we have, which is, I believe, satanically inspired. It's evil, and it's it's too maybe too terrible to consider that way. But I don't think you can make a case for it being anything except for that. And so I, w- I wish we could have had time as a, as a Christian body to debate and talk and work through some of this and, 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 and have a vision and a plan and maybe, <laughs> but I don't feel like that's the case. So I'm, I'm personally going to support the truckers, you know, in any way I can, which basically means, you know, I'm going to verbally support them. Um, I'm going to, you know, encourage them. I can't really do much as far as where I am uh, unless somebody has a, a great plan and I would love to hear it. And how can we help them? How can we support them? I'd love to hear that. But without that, I feel like we're kind of leaderless in a sense, you know, there's kind of a reaction instead of a plan. That's my thoughts on it. I don't know if that resonates with you or not or with anybody else, but that's kind of where I'm at. Well, I think it's excellent. I think what you just shared is again, to be deeply considered um, I like the idea that you're, you know, you're, 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 you understand what's happening, but at the same time, you know, you're going to be involved as much as you possibly can. And if there is a plan, so if there's a plan, we hope it comes from the Holy Spirit, right? And that we yeah. could be led by the Spirit and do what we're supposed to do. Agreed, hundred percent. And I, I hope that, and I, maybe I think we've been kind of not listening to the Holy Spirit for maybe several decades in America as the moral decline has just sped up. And we're now to the point where, where uh, you know, we're really behind the eight ball, and it's really our own fault, in my opinion. That doesn't mean we don't have to do something. We definitely have to do something, and we should do something. And I think as long as we're on this earth, we're responsible to stand up for truth, and we're, you know, we're responsible and we're accountable to do what, you know, to be faithful. Essentially, if that's what we're supposed to do, we have to be faithful to it, or we're sinning as a as a believer. So that's, that's it for me. I, God bless you, and have a great day. Thank you. I appreciate that call very, very much. Um, you know, as I was thinking about that particular call, um, I was thinking of the Statue of Liberty for some reason and how the Statue of Liberty has all different kinds of meanings to so many different groups of people, um, one representing liberty, Statue of Liberty. Others, it's a Masonic, you know, uh, symbol um, of of mystery Babylon, you know, there's so, so much about all of that. And I was thinking about the huddled masses and, you know, what is Babylon? Uh, Babylon is confusion that comes through mixing. Uh, We have a mixed uh, mind in the United States of America today. Uh, It's not a, you know, uh, an individual mind. It's not a singular mind with uh, diversity it's a divided mind. It's a double-mindedness, and it's way beyond just double. It's split and fragmented in so many different ways with so many different movements that are going on in the world today. And um, to find right now what is the call of God, exit Babylon, flee Babylon, come out of her, my people, be separate, touch not the unclean thing. Well, if we do that, then you could be put into shame about being a coward and running from the fight, which would be connected to pride, Um, So I don't think we've arrived at a conclusion yet, but I think there's some excellent points. We're waiting for your call. The area code is 818-336-3700. 
369-0326. You have to press one on your dial pad. And uh, we're still looking for some answers here. 818-369-0326. While we have a lull in the calls, let me take a comment or two here. Uh, We need the voice of many waters, but we must stand in one accord. Amen. Uh, I I agree to that. And what is that accord? What is that accord? The heart pumps blood. The lungs breathe in air. The liver, the pancreas have their function to filter out any toxins. Uh, All different parts of the body, but they all work in a a singularity to bring health um, to that body. And so what is the body of Christ supposed to be doing right now? Uh, We just heard from our our last caller that there's no plan. And, you know, that's really sad when you think about the Christian community possessing the the mind of Christ, having the baptism of the Holy Spirit, having our king in the heavens, and yet we don't know what to do. Now, maybe some people know exactly what to do. Maybe some people are doing what they believe to do, which is – Nothing. Um, we, we don't know because we need to hear from the body of Christ. Brian and Kathy, uh, friends from the island of Kauai, are, are chatting in right now. I think we need to differentiate between conversationism or conservatism. I'm sorry. So I think we need to differentiate between conservatism and Christianity. While there is a correlation between being a conservative and being a Christian, they are not the same politically based movements, be they pro-America, pro-Trump, pro-convoy, etc., may have elements of Christianity associated with them that does not make them Christian. All right. Well, very well said, Brian and Kathy. Um, we, we want to hear every bit of conversation we possibly can about this moment. So I, I want to just reiterate again that Everything that is happening on this planet, according to the Bible that I read, is happening according to Scripture. All the events. And so when we look through the biblical lens and we see this moment, what are we witnessing? And then what is the interpretation so that we know what to do? Isn't that what it's all about? I look through the biblical lens at the signs of the times. I come up with a interpretation of what I'm seeing, and then I respond according to the interpretation. What is it that we are seeing? Waiting for your call, 818-369-0326. How involved should we be? How were Christians involved 200 years ago, 250 years ago, 300 years ago? How were Christians involved 1,500 years ago, 500 years ago? What is the answer to this moment? Uh, Someone had mentioned uh, one of our callers concerning praying, prayer, uh, collective prayer. And I was told that during World War II, when the World War was breaking out, that there were intercessors rising up everywhere. And what were they interceding? They were praying for the Americans to defeat the Nazis. Those intercessors were known to be heroes of that moment. So if there is collective prayer and there is a singularity in prayer and intercession, what is it? Lord, stop this, that it doesn't happen so the world can continue on as it is. Uh, Is the prayer, Lord, give great success to the convoy 
to those that are ready to stand up for their liberties and their freedoms as an American citizen and not come under the control of an oligarchy of elites. Let them succeed. What is the prayer? We have not yet heard what that is. I'm going to take a call coming in all the way from area code 501. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning, Pastor. This is Terry Jean. Uh, as a drug driver, here's where I, here's what I see, and I'm gonna fall back to a little bit of history. Most people don't know that truck drivers shut down this country in 1973. It was started by one man organically. His name was Ed, he was his name was Edwards. His handle was River Brad Edwards. He parked his truck across. Interstate 80, and every truck followed suit. And yeah, so they was on the verge of having a, a bear-lifting food in the New York in the New York City because of this deal here. And that woman on the war room, I listened to her last night. It is not organic. It sounds very mechanized. Where the freedom movement. Canada was organic and more and more joined in organically. This strikes me as a deal of one person trying to manipulate the narrative, and that bothers me greatly. I don't feel that anything positive is really going to come out of this because, because we, have, we no longer have a government of, by, and for the people. We, you know, we have a government has been subverted for a number of years. So, so yeah, 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 I wish them the best, but I really think it'll be infiltrated, used as a, just like January 6th is being used to vilify innocent people. And I believe this will too. And the one thing these people are forgetting constitutionally, the government has great power to regulate interstate commerce that has been supported by the by the courts and the Supreme Court. This is not a dog that uh, CDL and Class A trucks want to wake up. They can uh, so if you think life's bad now driving the truck, it will get tremendously worse before before it gets better because they do have dictatorial power over trucking in general. So that's my thoughts on it. I, thought I drive a truck. I'm, I'm going to stay out of it because I don't see it. I don't see it that positive because we don't because we don't have a government by the by of or for the people anymore. We have a subverted government in D.C. Okay, so let me ask you this question for people that may be thinking this way. Um, all right, you're going to stay out of that. Uh, what is the answer then to the problem in this country? Is it through the voting, uh, which we just saw last at the last election? Nobody trusted that it even was a valid election. So, what are the people supposed to do in your understanding? They get back on their knees in front of Christ. We have. So many churches today that, that have become part of the uh, name it, claim it, blab it crowd 
that are teaching a new age, non-biblical theology. And the only way to fix that is just as, just like Paul had his conversion on the road to Damascus. The Lord literally knocked him off, knocked him off, knocked him down and said, Paul, you're going to listen to me. That is what that is what we need in churches around this country. But just as our foundation started in the pulpits, our rejuvenation would have to start in the pulpits today. I just, that's, I can't stress enough. That's where it's got to start, Pastor. All right, very good. Excellent answers. Very good. You sound like you're resolute with what you're thinking. Uh, there's a, so it sounds like there's a big risk involved of getting involved in doing this convoy because if it backfires and they show up around New Mexico and they they confronted by tanks or some other resistance from the federal government, uh, things could get really, really, really bad and embarrassing for a lot of people is what you're saying. The president can call out National Guard for the National Guardsmen in your if you, if, if, you, if you decide to be an insurrection force, there is, there is, you know, it's on the government in 1973 learned they had a problem. Deregulation come about in 1980, which brought about all the mega carriers and so forth that gave, gives us modern trucking today because they knew with large, with multiples of large companies, they would never be held over a barrel again to transportation. And if the president declares martial law, they can they, they can seize your truck as a national interest. There are several executive orders about this. People do not understand that as a you know, even as a truck owner, you do not have the rights of owning a personal vehicle. Like you know, it's not like owning a person, uh, an F-150 Ford pickup. Owning a Peterbilt is not the same. If the government says I need it and declares an emergency, they will put they will put a soldier in that truck and they will drive it. Now, I mean, young stone, they absolutely will. That's why I see us on this. And the woman that was talking on Bannon Courtroom, she doesn't understand trucking. It was obvious. I don't know who she is, where she came from, but I don't have a, I don't have an honest, good feeling about about what they're trying to do. Where we are much better off to have our to stand and and have our voices heard at our individual state capitals because. All government starts local. All elections start local. Get involved on the local level and move and moves up from there. That is where it needs to start. And people like your like your district attorneys we're seeing now all over the country where where they are absolutely destroying cities by releasing criminals back out with no bail or very little bail. We see out in California where they're you know, where they made it legal to steal up to nine hundred dollars worth of stuff out of stores and the people just leave. They just won't be prosecuted. Lawlessness. And 
rightful heir to his position. He is a post turtle. You see a turtle on a post, you know darn good well he doesn't have any business on top of the post. He doesn't have any idea what to do now he's up there, and you know he didn't get there by himself. Anyway, hey, you have yourself a wonderful day, Pastor. I do appreciate you. I listen quite often, sir. Well, thank you, Terry Jean. I appreciate you, and thank you for your comments. All right, very good. I think Terry may have struck a chord here today, and um, maybe the, the the propagation of our conversation. Uh, we have Phil, who has chatted into us today. Please pray for American truckers to have God's protection, favor, and perfect weather during 2022 and election year. Bella Vista Phil. All right, Bella Vista Phil, thanks for sharing in on that. I'm not sure if our brother here on area code 916 had another comment or not, but let's check it out. Good morning, 916, you're on the air. Did you have a secondary comment? Oh, gosh. How did Holy Spirit know that that is true? I, uh, I really did want to say something in response to something you said, which was, yes, the prayer needs to be that God's will be done in all of these matters at every level. That's what the prayer needs to be. We certainly are accustomed to praying for specific outcomes. Yes, that is true. But we really need to be unified as the body of Christ in praying for the Lord God's will to be done. You know, there's only one way to know his will now that you brought that up. and I think it's an excellent comment, and I appreciate that, what you just said. Um, in the book of Romans, chapter 12, and I think this is, this is an issue because so many of us are wanting to know the will of God. We're hearing polar opposites on this broadcast, just this little tiny broadcast. We're hearing different understandings, right? And so to know the will of God for each individual personally is awesome. Um, is there a general will of God in this moment? But the only way to know the will of God in anything begins in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is what the scriptures teach. The only way to know the will of God is not being conformed to this world, its mind, its ways, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And the renewing of the mind takes place by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And when the Holy Spirit and the Word of God are granted access into our soul, it changes the way we think about things. I know that before I was a Christian, I thought one way. When I got born again, I started thinking another way. And in my 40-year journey as a Christian man, my thoughts have been changing continually about certain things. I show up 40 years down the road, and I want to know the will of God. What is it that we are supposed to be doing right now as a Christian body of believers? And to, the only way to really know the will of God is to have presented ourselves as a living sacrifice unto God, meaning I have no personal agenda. I have no political side that I take. I have no 
skin in the game, so to speak. I'm living at a time, at the end of the end of the end of the ages, I'm living in a world that is hostile to Christ and becoming more hostile to Christ. I'm living in a world where antichrist forces are growing around the world. I'm living in a world that is debauched, immoral, decadent, that really despises God so much that it tore down his moral laws, his spiritual laws that produce life, and have promoted laws that are meant to kill and destroy and to bring death because abortion is murder, homosexuality is murder, death, lesbianism, transgenderism, blasphemy laws, filthy communication. I mean, it's all really, really nasty. Pornography produces death because it destroys marriage for what it was intended. So the laws that they have promoted to protect evil are a sign that they hate God. And I wanted to tell the Supreme Court of the United States something today, if I may, whether they'll ever hear me or not. I wanted to say to the Supreme Court of the United States that has offended God, that has blasphemed the laws of God, I wanted you to know that your days are numbered too. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know that your days are numbered. Your days of blasphemy, they may be about 1,260 more days, who knows. But you are not the Supreme Court. You are not the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is in heaven. And the laws of God that you have offended, that you have blasphemed, will have the ultimate authority. And though you fought against God and your laws on earth to make yourselves supreme among men, you are not supreme against God. And those days are going to be found out. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. But you will die like men. You may say today that you are gods, that you make laws, that you control the world. You will die like men. You're not supreme in anybody's eyes but your own and those who have fallen for your smoke and mirrors. Anytime a Supreme Court rules against God's will openly deserves what they're going to get. And the justice that will be served against these Supreme Court justices, quote unquote, is eternal. It's eternal. And this is something that is got to be made known and very clear that there is a throne in heaven and it does rule all things and has allowed you to do what you did to show your true colors of blasphemy and rebellion against almighty God to show who you really are. What happens to you is between when God and God will put into the heart of people and he'll put into their thoughts, whatever he wants them to think and whatever he wants them to feel. That's in the book of revelation too, by the way. Supreme Court, Davos, Switzerland, governments of men. Oh, you could kill the body of men. Sure, you could take their money away. You could take their houses and their families and their cars. You could even take their life off this earth. But after that, there's nothing you can do. You have no power over their eternal soul. And the master said, don't fear men that can kill you, but after that have nothing they can do. Rather fear him who after he kills has power to cast both body and soul into hell. Your body and soul will be cast into hell for your rebellion against God. 
and everybody that has withstood the master, the Messiah, the rightful heir of the world. When you die, you will experience the righteous judgment of a loving, holy God that you chose to ignore, to resist, to blaspheme, to hate. Your day is coming. Every man's day is coming. I, for one, I don't fear them. I fear God because he's bigger. But I do know that man's arrogant pride and satanic agenda can be to mess up people's lives. They've already done it to some people. They've been doing it since the beginning of time. Abel was murdered by Cain, who was a child of the devil. So it is that way. But eternally, those who believe in Jesus and stand with him and die with him, for their faith, for their obedience, they will rise again. They will rise again, and they will have brand new bodies that can never die. And those who were beheaded are going to have a brand new head, a brand new body. We're going to live for a thousand years, ruling and reigning this earth in the government of God. You may mock that. You may laugh at that and scoff at that and say, oh, they said that 2,000 years ago. But it's true. And the times that are happening right now are more evidence that that time of his coming is closer than ever before. Yes, there's time. There's at least three and a half years left for the Antichrist powers to have their way. There's time for Christians to be martyred, for people to be murdered and killed and sacrificed and made sport of. There's no doubt about that. Persecution. There's time for that. It's time for people to become the enemy of the Antichrist kingdom. It's time for people to make choices and decisions to either go all the way and endure to the end or to fail, to fall short because they weren't ready, not able to handle what's coming. All these things are upon us. And now we're talking as American citizens, what do we do? Somebody's controlling this nation. Somebody is doing something rather strange. The world is changing. It is different. What is the convoy going to do? What is it going to produce? What is happening in Canada producing? I guess we're going to find out in a few days. I suspect that there will be a convoy. I suspect that those who get involved in the convoy will go all in at least as far as they know within themselves they can go. Peter thought he was all in until he was tested big time, standing around a fire one day, and he denied Jesus Christ. So people will go all in as far as their understanding will allow them to go. But when it gets really, really, really intense, I guess it's going to have to be a mind that Maybe military forces, when they joined the army in World War II, and they were all in, but then when they hit the, the land of Europe, and they had to go into the battle, and the fire was heading in their direction, and the bullets were flying, and the bombs were dropping, well, they had no choice at that point to continue on. 
the war that is being fought today is different landscape. It's a different kind of war. It's not people in red coats and blue uniforms. It's a different kind of war. It's forming because the Bible says it will form. If this is what the Bible said will be, and this convoy provokes that, it is what it is. It will be. The question is, where will you be? Where will your conscience take you? Where will the Holy Spirit take you in your thinking, in your conscience? We've heard some pretty decent conversations today. And I think there's a lot more conversation that could be had. For me, I will continue to do what we've been doing seeking direction from the Holy Spirit, willing to do whatever God wants to do. I am wide open to whatever God says to do. And if that means to pack my bags and to move into the ark and shut the door, that's what I'm going to do. If that means get in my vehicle, drive to California, or meet that convoy somewhere in between, that's what I'm going to do. I desire to do what God wants me to do. I, like most of you, don't like. You know, in Isaiah 14, it says that people are going to squint their eyes and they're going to look narrowly upon Lucifer and they're going to say, You? You're the man? that did all this? Nobody likes to be pushed around. But we also remember the doctrine of humility, humbleness. What is it that Jesus, the commander-in-chief of the armies of heaven and earth, would call his church into battle? Totally prayer. 1,000% prayer. No doubt. But prayer has to have action to it. And is it prayer to get out before the snare comes so that we're not stuck and trapped? Or is the snare to go forward, to join forces? This has to be determined by each and every individual. Not every American citizen is a believer. You heard Joe today. Joe's an agnostic atheist or vice versa. Joe's soul is more important to God than his stand in a convoy. God made provision for Joe's soul to be saved by grace through faith in the Messiah, Yeshua. Whether he receives that gift of God's grace, mercy and forgiveness, love and compassion, or not is entirely up to Joe. But Joe has an eternal soul, whether he believes it or not, He has an eternal soul. And where his eternal soul is going to be spent is entirely up to Joe at this point. He's heard the gospel. And whether he's going to judge the gospel by people's actions, which is ordinary, that's understandable. But for me, I could care less if 10 million Christians do the wrong, wicked things. I'm not following them. 
I'm following Jesus. And Jesus changed my life. And Jesus saved my life. Not religion, not a denomination, and not a man. Jesus. So if 10 million, 10 billion saints drop their swords and turn away and act crazy and become immoral and are blasphemous and double-minded and compromised and lukewarm, I'm not following them. They are not going to deter me one bit. They will not deter me, and I'm not going to allow them to make, help me to make an excuse why not to follow Jesus. Neither should you, by the way. Joe's soul has more value than everything on this planet. The value of his soul is the cost of the blood of Yeshua, Jesus Christ. When he died on the cross for the forgiveness of the sins of the whole world, to the Jew first and then to the Gentile nations. That message is a message of love. And for a man to say, I'm not going there because Christians don't do what they say, is a very sad thing against the church. And quite frankly, it's the church's conduct that has allowed so much territory to be taken. We're where we are right now because the church didn't pray. The church didn't stand. The church didn't openly say to the homosexual agenda, you're evil, you're wrong. No, we love you, the people, but the agenda is a wrong agenda. No to abortion. They didn't stand up. They went to a few rallies, but they didn't infiltrate like salt and light does. And they became contented to live out life the best they can for themselves. And they allowed this to happen. Now, pray fast. My thoughts, regardless of where this goes, there's a whole lot of people who are called Christians. They're going to find themselves in places they would have never dreamed. It's a whole lot of people who are lukewarm and compromised. They're going to taste what the Great Tribulation is really all about, more than the world ever will. I don't mean to sound negative on believers. It's what the Bible says. In the last days, the love of many will wax cold. The Bible says in the last days, There'll be a falling away, a defection from the truth among believers. The Bible says that many believers who once walked in sweet fellowship will hate each other. Why? Because they're not prepared for the level of satanic hatred that's going to be released all over this earth. And if one does not keep themselves in the love of Christ, in the love of God, in the small things, what will they do when the big things come? I am concerned. I am a concerned man. And I don't even know, quite frankly, what I'm so concerned about. I know that I'm most concerned about the condition of my soul, my wife's soul, and the congregation that God has given us to pastor and shepherd, concerned about their lives being ready, genuinely, intrinsically, internally ready, grown up, matured. That means they're daily dealing with issues 
I'm concerned for the people that follow this radio broadcast, that somehow that we are a clarion light, that we are something that shows up and says, here's the diversity, here's the confusion of Babylon, but here's light, here's truth, here's what you can do. I'm concerned about being accurate. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but everything in Scripture tells me that the events that are lining up, like the stars that line up in particular events, they're all here. I believe that mild persecution is going to begin around April. I believe the demonization of the conservative right, maybe the convoy of truckers, the right-wing supporters, I think there's going to begin to grow a demonization against them through propaganda. Mild persecution is going to start probably in about a month, in 10 days or so. We're witnessing right now that urgency to get people vaccinated. The reason why so many people, by the way, just in case you didn't know this, are saying no more vaccines, no more masks, no more mandates is because they've already achieved what they wanted. The people have already submitted. The people have already capitulated. And the only one that you want to submit to and I want to submit to is Jesus Christ. The word of God, that's it. Submit to his word. So what is he telling us to do? Wait until you know. Wait until you know. And give place to every individual to make the decision. Now, whether they say, the Lord told me to do it, whatever comes of that will come of that. But you have to give place to people to be different than you. Because the body is diverse, but it doesn't need to be divided. I don't think that heroes, people that show up somewhere, the heroes of our faith are recorded in Hebrews chapter 11. People that quenched the fire, overcame lions, wrought war, you know, victories. Read Hebrews 11. They were an active people. So it's the people of faith in these last days that will be moved by the Spirit to do exploits. And if your exploit is preparing an ark for the salvation of souls, and God blesses that work and he does that, praise the Lord. If an exploit is going out and getting involved in this, that, or the other thing, and it works, praise the Lord. But every man's work will be tested of what sort it is. What was the motivation behind the work? If it was unholy fear that led somebody to prepare an ark, it's not going to work. If it was godly fear, like Noah feared and built an ark, it'll succeed beautifully. Wisdom. Wisdom to know. And until wisdom comes, don't budge. Until you have heard, until you have signatured, until you have been confirmed in what you're thinking, don't budge. If God has confirmed to you to do this, that, or the other thing, then do it with all your might. The Bible 
the instructions, that's already confirmed. We don't wait around to see whether I'm going to obey what the word says. No, it's already settled. You do what the word says to do. Interesting times. Well, we're going to be gone for a few days. It's Friday, Tuesday, Lord willing, and maybe we'll have something to report on by then. I'm hoping to have one dear gentleman who is the owner of a truck park, a trucker, is going to join me, Lord willing, on Tuesday. I'm going to set that up. Wonderful young man. Ah, we'll look forward to that on Tuesday. Until Tuesday, may God bless you and may you spend time in the prayer closet getting an answer. Ask this question, Lord, should I join the convoy of trucks? Lord, is it going to actually happen? Do you want me to be a part of that? And be led by the Holy Spirit. Because someone said the safest place to be right now is in the very center of God's will. But the only way to know his will is to lay your life down. Submit your life as an offering unto God. No agenda, no self-will, no solical thought. Just honor the Lord. And by the way, speaking of honoring the Lord, we would so deeply appreciate your support of our ministry as long as we're on the air. And we're coming now to kind of 10 days left to February. Certainly would like your support, prayer, finances. Some of you have stepped up and helped out along the way. We have some ways to go. But if this ministry is a blessing to you, then please support it the best you can. And thank you for doing so. You can like this page. You could subscribe to us on YouTube. We're still there. Praise the Lord. Pass the ammunition. And uh, you could always find us on the web at omegaradio.org and nwmglobal.org. And you could always give to us in so many different ways. If you desire to do so, you'll find a way. Okay, having said that, I want to say goodbye to everybody. Shalom. Have a super blessed weekend, and we'll look forward to seeing you on Tuesday. I'm Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. You've been listening to The Watchman on Omega Radio. God bless you. <laughs>